We've got a service of dedication this morning, so we welcome you and the many friends and family who've come along with you, with you this morning. It's great to have you here today, and I hope you uh, really enjoy your time with us this morning. Just um, a few notices. Uh, you will hopefully have seen the notices going around on the wall behind me. They will be appearing at the end of the service again, so if you haven't noticed them yet, do take the opportunity to look at them after the service. Hopefully you were handed as you came in a sheet of notices as well, and that contains most of what was uh, on the wall as well. In addition to that, there are some things on seats, and Pete's just going to come and tell us a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, on your seats, there's been lots and lots of things on there. Um, <laughs> one of them is a form um, for the Holiday Club, and if you can help at all with the Holiday Club um, in the... I think it's, it's the 24th to the 28th of July. 20, there you are, dates there. Um, just tick a little box, and then if you can hand out to either me or Lucy, um, that'd be fantastic at the end of the service. Um, also, there's a little yellow sheet there about the Holiday Club. That is a... Sh- um, being handed, showing at the back there. Um, basically, that's gone out to all the schools as an advertisement um, for the Holiday Club. Um, so if you know someone who might be interested in coming to the Holiday Club, pass it on to them. That'd be great. There's also a um, little thing there about the Friday Club as well. So, uh, yeah, there you are. Going, going on uh, in the coming weeks and months. So do have a look at that. And if you're a visitor here, but you know of somebody who might be interested in that sort of thing, please do take, a, take that sheet and pass it on to them. One other notice from um, Pam for the 22nd of June. The Thursday Club are intending to visit Spetchley Park in the evening and to have a guided tour of the grounds. Um, there are 15 people down uh, to go at the minute, but there are more names needed if uh, it's to be a viable trip. So if you'd like to go to Spetchley Park or you'd like to find out more about what it is and what's going to be done there, speak to Pam after the service. Just so, for those of you that uh, have children with you, so you're aware, they're very welcome to, you know, if they need to move around or crawl around or whatever, don't feel embarrassed about letting them do that. They're very welcome to. After about 20 minutes, half an hour or so, there is um, Junior Church and Creche, So if they want to go out at that part in the service, they'll be very welcome to as well. So that's a little bit later on, and that will be after the dedication part of the service. So there is that freedom to do that, should you wish to. Some words from the book of Psalms. Come, praise the Lord, all his servants, all who serve in his temple at night. Raise your hands in prayer in the temple and praise the Lord. May the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. We meet today to praise God and to receive the blessing that he has for us. So let's stand and sing together, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven.
Father God, we come together today to praise you, to praise you, the King of creation. We thank you this morning. We celebrate your gift of life. Particularly this morning, we pray that we will look to you, who is the King of all. We thank you for the evidence of new life that we have here today, for the young children, for Kelsey, for our opportunity to meet from the youngest through to the oldest. We thank you that you are King of all. And so this morning, we worship and we praise you as we bless your holy name.
So our God, we meet today in your name. Hear our prayers, hear our worship, we pray that today we will know your presence with us. Amen. Please be seated. Well, we're here this morning to uh, worship God, but also to dedicate Kelsey to God. We're here because all life is a gift from God. And that's what we want to celebrate this morning, God's gift of life. And also for Tracy and Nick to say publicly that they recognise their responsibility to Kelsey to bring her up with love and care. So I'm going to invite Nick and Tracy forward uh, with Kelsey now. And also I believe there are some godparents, so if, um, if they would like to come as, as well. Great. If you'd like to stand just over here, and if you want to stand on the on the platform, and if you if you'd like to just go over there as well, that's fantastic. Excellent. Thank you very much. Well, I'm going to uh, this for those of you that don't know. This is Kelsey, and um, she's uh, she's lovely, and uh, always stares at me when I come in for little fishes uh, on the morning. Don't you? You always give me a lovely little smile as well, which is great. And you're doing it now. I hope you're still smiling in a minute when you get past to me. I hope that doesn't wipe that off your face and start tears. It has done in the past, but maybe today it won't. Well, I'm going to ask a, a couple of promises for Tracy and Nick to make. The first is this. By bringing Kelsey here today, do you give thanks for her life? Yes, And do you recognise that as Christ showed love, you want to bring up Kelsey, showing her love as well. Excellent. And then um, I'm going to ask the, the godparents uh, a question as well. And uh, just in case you're wondering, the answer is we do. Okay. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you what the promise is before you're going to make it, just in case um, you get worried. It's not to pass on all your money to uh, Tracy and Nick to help bring them up. You'd like that, wouldn't you? But the promise I'm going to ask you to make is that you will help Tracy and Nick to bring up Kelsey by showing her your love as well in all that you do. Okay. So, that, so do you, as the godparents, promise to Tracy and Nick and Kelsey to bring up and help bring up and to show your love for her in all that you do? Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much. I'm going to ask uh, uh, all of us to make a promise as well uh, this morning, and that's simply this. You, you may or you may not... No, Kelsey, you may or may not, if you're a visitor here and you're not part of family or friends, you may not see her again. But the promise I'm going to ask you is about showing that same love to children you come across wherever that is. So the promise that I'm going to ask is going to be about promising to show your love and care for each and every child that you meet. So... The answer for us as well is we do, just in case you were wondering. So do you, as a congregation, promise to show love and care and support for all children and for parents of children that you come across? We do. Now we come to the tricky part, to the risky part. Kelsey, can you cope with this? <laughs> Should be all right, I'm told. Hello, hello. That's wonderful. <laughs> Kelsey, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. And one of the things we do here is we actually take you around so that everyone can get a bit of a closer look. Is that okay? Shall we go? You, you seem quite, quite happy at the minute, so you can come and say hello to people. Look at this. Are you enjoying this? This is, uh, this is very good. You're, you're very good. I'll do you again. <laughs> in, in fact, any future ones, if we could get Kelsey in as a substitute, she's uh, very amenable to all of this. And we'll go back, go back the other way. And you can say hello to some more people who are smiling at you. Some friends and family here all saying hello. Aren't you? Well done. Well, 
I think I'm going to pass you back just in case anything goes wrong because it, it looks really good right now. Okay? Well done. That was brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. Let's just, uh, can we, we'll just pray for you at this point as well. Father God, we thank you for Kelsey. We thank you for your gift of life. We thank you for Tracy and Nick and pray your help for them in bringing up Kelsey, that they will, in all that they do, show love and care. We pray for the godparents that they too will be able to support. We thank you for them and pray that they will be able to have a positive influence on Kelsey's life. And for all friends and family, we pray as well that you will help them to celebrate and to enjoy family life together. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you all very much indeed. Do, uh, do take a seat. Well, family, of course, is very important in the church. It's central to what we believe, who we are in Christ. And we're going to sing and celebrate that now. Father God, I wonder how I managed to exist without the knowledge of your parenthood and your loving care. Because God is the perfect Father and we celebrate that. So let's stand together and sing. going to take up our offering for God's work in this place. If you're a visitor and you've not come prepared, that's absolutely fine. Don't worry. This is particularly for our regular folk who come along, who who give for God's work. If you would like to contribute, of course, you're very welcome to. You won't be stopped at all. So we'll take up our offering now for God's work. (coughs) Father, we thank you for all your good gifts to us. 
we give this money now as a token of our response to that love. Thank you for it. And we pray that we would use these gifts wisely to show more of your love in this place and indeed throughout the world. Amen. Just before the young people go out, there's one thing I always forget. and um, Well, it's not always the same thing, but I always forget something. And um, this morning, one of the things I was going to do for, um, is to say that as a church, we've got a little gift for Kelsey, just to, um, just to say that we hope this is a very special day for you. It's a, a children's illustrated Bible. And uh, it says in there, the Bible is, this Bible is presented to Kelsey Burton at her dedication on the 11th of June, 2006. We'd love from everyone at Pershaw Baptist Church. So there you go. And uh, the young people are going to go to their groups. Uh, everyone is welcome there. And um, yeah, if you'd like to go out, please do. And again, if any of... Um, if any of them who've stayed in change their mind in a little bit, then you're very welcome to, uh, to disappear. I'm talking about the younger ones particularly, and, uh, <laughs> and not members of our congregation in particular. As, um, as they go to their groups, we're going to pray for them. We're also going to take uh, a moment to ask God for forgiveness for those things that we do wrong that are not of his will. Uh, so let us pray now. Father God, we thank you again for all young people. We thank you for the joy that they bring to this place. We remember them again as they go to their groups. We pray that this morning they will have a good time. We pray for all youngsters who are going through exams at this time. Lord, may they know your support and your peace your stressful. Father, as we come and as we worship and as we celebrate in the joy of new life this morning, we do recognise that the world in which we live is not as good as the world you would like it to be. That people hurt one another. That people choose ways of violence above ways of love. As we promised this morning to show love to children, we know that throughout the world that doesn't always happen. And in our own way, we too at times are responsible for not showing love to others. And we pray now for your forgiveness. We confess to you those things we do, those things we say that do not reveal love. And in your mercy, in your love, in your grace, we ask for your forgiveness. Thank you, Father, that when we earnestly and honestly say sorry to you, you are always faithful to forgive and we get a fresh start. Thank you that we have that this morning. In the name of Christ, we offer these our prayers to you. Amen. We're going to remain seated and sing of that, that we recognise that we can be here, we are in God's love because of his grace, not because we've earned it, not because we're worthy, but because of what God has done for us. Only by grace can I enter, only by grace can we stand.
Amen. I'm not a parent, but I am a godparent. And so I wanted to share a little bit of advice this morning, first of all, for godparents. And um, I've never tried this before, uh, so I don't know whether it's going to work, but I'm going to try and play a phone message that I got yesterday morning from the parents of my, one, of my, one of my godchildren. And, um, of course, buying the right toy is very important when you're a godparent. And... Um, just see if I can get hold of this. It depends whether the signal is here this morning. I'm going to play, play a message that I was sent yesterday at um, about 8 o'clock in the morning, I think it was. Hopefully you'll be able to hear it. That noise is meant to be there. So what you could hear there is I bought a little guitar with, uh, with, with if you press various buttons, you got various rhythms coming out. And it also came, because this was a wonderful little toy, with a, with a microphone as well that you could sing into. Now, unfortunately, when I bought it, what I didn't realise is if you hold the microphone anywhere near the guitar, you get a lot of feedback, which you could just hear a little bit of there in the, in the message. Now, um, that's fine, unless it gets played to you very early in the morning when you're trying to sleep, <laughs> which is exactly what was happening there and why I got that phone message. So my advice to godparents is this, you know, with the toys that you buy, my aim is always to do this. Make sure that the godchild smiles a lot but the parent's face falls. <laughs> because that's the kind of present that they will never buy themselves for the child and that's the sort of present that they love. The other thing I would advise you to do is make sure you turn your mobile off early in the morning. Because <laughs> there's no reason why you should be disturbed when they are. So that's just a little bit of advice for you, for you there from my experience. You know, Tracy and Nick, I'm sure that parenthood already has, but it's certainly as well going to bring in the future some wonderful, wonderful moments and some very frustrating moments and some very difficult moments. I'm sure you will have experienced already all of those, but it's going to happen more and more. I really hope that today is one of those wonderful moments for you that you will look back on and think, this was a really, really good day. What I want to think about this morning is why do we do this? Why bring Kelsey this morning on this beautiful day when perhaps we could be, well, maybe we could be lying in bed reading the newspapers or maybe we could be out somewhere else doing all sorts of things, enjoying the weather, which, let's face it, this could be our summer this week. You know, it might be over with by the end of this hot spell. You know, why do we spend time here this morning? Why is it important. And to help us do that, we're going to read uh, a reading from when children were brought to Jesus. Because this isn't some new thing that we've just done in recent years where you know, it's kind of the normal thing to do the baby at a certain time. You know, this isn't, that's not what it's about. This has come about over a long period of time. So what we're going to think about is why. Why do it? Why it's important? Why be here this morning on a day like this? We're going to read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter, chapter 10, and reading verses 13 to 16. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. If you wish to follow it, you will find um, Pew Bibles in front of you, and you can find it on page 60 of the New Testament section. The Old Testament section is at the beginning, and that goes on to about page 900 and something, and then there's the New Testament section, and in the New Testament section you can find it on page 60. Mark chapter 10, and reading verses 13 to 16. It's entitled, Jesus Blesses Little Children. 
Some people brought children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples scolded the people. When Jesus noticed this, he was angry and said to his disciples, Let the children come to me and do not stop them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on each of them, and blessed them. Some things there that are not dissimilar to what we've done this morning, except hopefully there was nobody who was saying you shouldn't come this morning. And, um, but certainly in bringing a child to be blessed, an example of it there. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you that we have it to look at. We thank you for the example of Jesus and how he reveals to us how we should treat others with love and care. We pray this morning that as we look at this word, as we look at this passage, you will teach us, encourage us and inspire us through it. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. There were parents who had two mischievous children. And um, one day, they decided they had to do something about their behaviour. Now, it so happened that in the town, there was a clergyman who was known to be very good with children who misbehave. And so the parents decided to send those children to him. And they started off with the younger child, the eight-year-old, and they sent him to the vicar one afternoon. And he went there and he was taken into the vicar's office and he was sat down. And the vicar said to him sternly, Where is God? And the little boy didn't really know what to say. So he said nothing. So the vicar repeated the question a little bit louder this time. He said, Where is God? Still there was no response from the child. So the vicar tried it one more time and he said, Where is God? And the little boy ran out and ran away to find his older brother. And he ran over to him and his older brother said to him, What's the matter? What's the problem? And he said, I don't know, but we're in real trouble this time. God's missing and they think we've done it. There are um, three questions that come to my mind from this passage. The first of them is this. Why were people bringing children to Jesus? The second of them is why did the disciples try to stop them? And the third question is why did Jesus respond as he did? One of the reasons why people might have brought children to Jesus. Well, why might we bring somebody to be blessed. Maybe it's just because it's tradition. Maybe it's because we hope it will help them to behave in the future. If it's for either of those reasons, you've missed the point. Why were people bringing children to Jesus? They were bringing children to Jesus because in Jesus they saw someone special. They had heard the stories and maybe witnessed the many things that Jesus was doing, the miracles the way he managed to change people's lives, the way the lame were made to walk, the blind were made to see, the deaf were made to hear. But not only those things, the teaching that he was given that was challenging and transforming people's lives. And people saw that. And so what they wanted to do is, when Jesus was there, they wanted Jesus to bless their child because they wanted the best for their child. That's why people were bringing their children to Jesus, because they wanted the best for their child. They wanted a blessing for that child from God. Why do we bring children still today to be blessed? Quite simply, because we want the best for them. It's a sign of saying, I love them, and I want the best for my child. And the best comes through giving them the things that they need in life. And of course, as Christians, as a Christian, I believe 
that the best comes through a relationship with God. That's why people brought children to Jesus. That's why we still do it today. Because we recognise that in bringing children to Jesus for a blessing, that is the best that we can possibly give them. In fact, if you talk to people who have experienced a relationship with Christ, they will all say, well, it's an incredible thing, it's the best thing that can happen. And so our blessing today is a foretaste of what we hope happens for everyone, that they come to have a relationship with Christ, because that relationship is the best that life can bring. As a church, we don't baptise babies. We wait until people reach an age where they believe for themselves. We bless as we bless this morning. But we wait until people say, I believe and I have that relationship with God. In a couple of weeks' time, we've got a baptismal service. And uh, uh, as you come through the front doors of the church... There's a a baptismal pool and we will fill that with water. And what we do with believers' baptism is we completely immerse people in that. So we take them down under the water and bring them back up again. If you've never seen it, it is well worth coming along and having a look at to see. But what you will hear there as well is people who say what God has done for them. You know, who will testify to the relationship that they have with God and to say, actually, I've come to recognise that this is the best of life. This is the best of life and I want to commit my life to God and I want to say to others, I am committed to God because I recognise that this is the best of life. So why were people bringing children to Jesus? Because they wanted something good for their children. Why do we do it today? Because we want the best for our children and the best of life comes, I believe, through a relationship with God. So that's one of the things, why people were bringing children to Jesus. But if it's so good, you might say to me, if it's so great and that's the best that people can have, why were the disciples trying to stop them? Why did the disciples try to stop the people bringing children to Jesus? Surely if it's good, if it's the best, you'd let that happen, wouldn't you? And yet here were Jesus' disciples trying to stop them. Well, I think we would have clues if we'd read the earlier part of that passage. Uh, In the first 12 verses, we're told about what Jesus is speaking about at the time. And Jesus is speaking to the people about divorce. They're asking questions about, you know, when is it okay for somebody to divorce? And Jesus is giving them teaching on that and they're really interested in it and I I kind of guess that maybe what they were worried about was hey hang on a second we're listening to some important words that Jesus is saying we don't really want to be distracted by children they've got their priorities wrong they were trying to learn more but forgetting about relationships Or perhaps, maybe, they were just concerned about Jesus and thinking, look, here's Jesus going, he's been working really hard, talking to people. You know, the last thing he needs now is a lot of young children coming to him, because he needs a rest. Uh, I guess most parents here will know of the need for a rest at certain times, and a break. Well, maybe they were looking out for Jesus. So that's why the disciples tried to stop them. But their priorities were wrong. Jesus wanted the children to be brought to him because it was the best thing that could happen for them. As we come today, today is an opportunity for us to reevaluate our priorities in our lives. What is the centre of our lives? Where are we spending our time? As we bring Kelsey to be dedicated, what Tracy and Nick are saying is, look, Kelsey's right at the centre of our lives. Yes, there are other things that are important. Yes, work is necessary. Yes, it's good to have friends and family. Yes, it's good to have hobbies. But right at the centre, more important than anything else, is Kelsey. She's the centre of everything for them at the minute. You know, the priority. What are our priorities? And the other priority in bringing Kelsey to God is something that it's so easy for us to to forget in society. God. 
You know, because there is this aspect of God in our service today as well, because we're bringing Kelsey to God to give thanks for life, for new life from God. And it's easy to forget God in life. It's interesting, if you ever read some of the surveys that they do in church, or just in society, the number of people who pray at certain times, particularly when something difficult is happening, and you discover that when, when there's a difficult situation, you know, 75, 80% of the population admit to praying at times when they really need some intervention and really need some help. There's nothing like a difficult situation to believe in God for a minute or to try anything. Yeah, and there's not, nothing wrong with that because God listens to those prayers. But what a lot of people say as well is, uh, and I go around and talk to people and they say, well, I used to go to church or I used to go to Sunday school, but I, kind of, I don't go anymore. Other things have come along. It's not that I don't believe. I'm not really sure exactly what I do believe, but maybe one day I'll find out some more about it. But right now, everything's okay. I'm not going to. I want to give a quote from C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis said this, Christianity is a statement which, if false is of no importance, and if true, of infinite importance. The one thing it cannot be is moderately important. You know, if the Christian faith is not true, a time like this is a complete waste of time, really. But if it is true, it becomes the most important event, not just what we're doing here today, but week by week, day by day, thinking about God and the influence he has on our lives. I believe that Christianity is a statement which is true and therefore it is the most important thing. And it's not something we can just say, well, maybe one day I'll look at it. No, we need to look at it now because if it's true, it's the most important thing for our lives. If it's true, then we can't leave it to some later point, because it's the best of life. And that's what I want to say this morning through standing before you here. I believe Christianity is the best of life. I'm not trying to sell something that is boring or dull or doesn't work. I'm saying in my experience of what God has done for me in my life, I stand here and say it's the best of life, and because it's the best of life, I want others to have it as well. Because nothing gives me such joy, such peace, such security as my relationship with God. And I know many others who, would hear, who are here today who would say exactly the same. And because I believe that, and because I believe it's true, I want others to share that. Because I really do believe it's the best of life. And today, a day like today, bringing Kelsey to God for a blessing is an opportunity for us to have a few moments to reevaluate, to think about what's important in life. Christianity is a statement which, if false, is of no importance, and if true, of infinite importance. The one thing it cannot be is moderately important. What is it for you? Is it of infinite importance or of no importance? The one thing it can't be is just something that's moderately important. The third question... Why did Jesus respond as he did? There are two things that Jesus said. The first of them is this in verse 14. He says, Let the children come to me and do not stop them because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. You know, in that society at that time, the most important people were men. Secondary to the men were the women. Right at the bottom of the pile with the children. That was definitely a day when children should be, if they were seen, definitely not heard. That was the priorities. And Jesus is saying, actually, hang on just one minute. You're trying to stop the children coming. You may be seeing them as the least important people in society. But what I'm saying to you is this. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. 
Jesus responded as he did in this verse because he was saying to people, look, the kingdom of God is for everyone. It doesn't matter how important you think you are or how small and insignificant you think you are. The kingdom of God is for you. It doesn't matter whether you think you're completely unworthy, where you've done some really, really bad things in the past. That doesn't matter. The kingdom of God is for you. He's really saying the kingdom of God is for everyone, for whether you, you know, it's for those who are the least important, who don't think they've got a role or don't fit, think they feel like they fit in. The kingdom of God is for them. The kingdom of God is for everyone. And it's not about how much you know. It's not about how good you are as a person. It's about relationship and accepting what Christ has done for us because God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. That's what we're here for, why we believe as Christians. It's what we believe as Christians, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son not because we're perfect, but because we are sinners, because we do things wrong, because we don't live up to God's standards. And God sent Jesus to die for us, that we might be forgiven. And he says to each and every one of us, my kingdom is for you. It's not just for those high up in society. My kingdom is for everyone. And so that invitation is for everyone this morning as well. The kingdom of God, where you get the best of life, which is the most important thing in the world, is there with the invitation for everyone. And the other thing that Jesus says is this, I assure you that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. I love the story of a young boy who was going for a walk with his grandmother. And you're going to have to use your imagination for a minute because it's a really, really cold day. You know, it's one of those frosty days where, you know, as you're walking along the grass, you get that crunch and the white that there is everywhere. And they were going along for this walk and they were looking out over a hill. And the grandmother said to her child, she said, isn't that beautiful? And just think, God has painted all of that. And you're trying to explain that God was the God of creation. And the little boy turned to her and said, yes, yes grandmother. He said, yeah. And he did it all with his left hand as well. And she looked at him and said, what, what do you mean he did it all with his left hand? He said, well, we learned in Sunday school that Jesus sits on the right hand of God. <laughs> what does that verse mean? I assure you that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. It's not saying that we have to be you know, completely misinformed and misunderstanding all sorts of things. That's not what it means because sometimes as children we don't always understand everything that's going on and we grow up and we understand theoretically at least we understand some more. But Jesus is saying if you don't receive the kingdom of God like a child you won't be able to enter it. Why? Well I think it's got something to do with questioning because uh, you know, the people brought their children to Jesus and Jesus took them in his arms and blessed them. This morning, I was able to take Kelsey in my arms and bless her and she was quite open for that. She was very, very good, actually. Surprisingly good. I'm still trying to get over that. <laughs> Give it a few years, though, and she might not be quite so trusting. Are you waving to me there? <laughs> She's waving. I'll wave back. But she may not be quite so trusting. You, as you get older, you start asking more questions. Why do you want to pick me up? What's in it for you if you pick me up? What's in it for me if I let you pick me up? Why should I let you? You know, we have all sorts of questions as we grow up and we grow older. And I think the same is true as we get older and question more about God. Suddenly, we start asking all sorts of questions. What will my friends and family think if I start to believe? What effects will it have on my life? Will it make me change? Will it make me become boring and dull? What's in it for me? Why should I let God into my life? You see, we start asking all sorts of questions. 
We may have big questions that it's quite right for us to ask. You know, we may think, well, what about all the suffering in the world? Why is it that so many people don't act with love towards others? Why do church people sometimes seem no better than anyone else? You know, these are the sorts of questions that people can start asking. It's not that those questions are necessarily wrong to ask, but they can stop us from trusting God. And ultimately, all that we can do is place our trust in God and then as we trust him, to allow him to speak into our lives and to begin to get some answers as we explore. Yes, it's right to ask those questions, but they shouldn't become a barrier. You know, if I ever get caught, again, you'll have to use your imaginations for a moment, but if I get caught in a rainstorm and I get completely drenched, I may not know how that rainstorm has come about. I don't know what's caused it, but I still feel the effect of it. And I can go and I can ask some questions and begin to try and find out why the rain has happened. But I still feel the effects of it, whether or not I understand we can still feel the effects of what God does in our lives, whether or not we understand all the questions or even understand any of the answers. We can still feel the effect of what God does. And as I say, if you, don't, if you want to hear more about that, come along on June the 25th and hear what people will be saying as they get baptised, as they talk about the effect that God has had on their lives. And that's why, for me, a day like today is so important for those reasons. Because, first of all, I believe it is about the best of life. What we're talking about here is being blessed by God is the best that life has to offer. Living as God wants is the best that life has to offer. Living lives of love and care. We're here because it helps us in the busyness of day-to-day life remind us what our priorities should be. And we're here because We learn from Jesus who treated children in a particular way. We learn from him. We learn that the kingdom of God is for everyone. And we learn that we need to have a childlike trust to accept it. And that's why today is an important day. And this service is an important service. And I hope that that is the case for you that today is important, that it will be a day where you remember the things that we've been talking about this morning. We remember Kelsey and continue to think of her and help support Tracy and Nick in bringing her up. But we remember what we've done as well before God in bringing her to him. And we remember the effect of God on our lives who offers us the best of life. As we finish, just one final thing. If you're there thinking, yeah, actually, I want to know more about God. How do I go about having this relationship? Well, quite simply, you pray. And you can pray on your own or you can ask somebody else to pray for you. And you pray something along the lines of this. You say, Lord, help me to trust you and accept you into my life. I invite you in now. I'm sorry for the things that I have done wrong in the past and I want to live my life as a life of love and trust in you. Thank you that you forgive me. Help me to live for you from now. And if you pray a prayer along those lines, that's it. God's there. God is in your life. And so at this point now, we're just going to take a moment to quietly reflect. Maybe there's something that's spoken to you this morning that you want to think about. Maybe it's just about thinking about what your priorities are. Maybe it's about thinking about your relationship with God. But let's just take a moment of quiet to think about that. And if there is anyone who wants to pray that prayer, I'm just going to pray it again and invite you to pray it after me. Let's pray. If anyone does want to make that commitment.
just pray quietly in your heart these words that I share. God, please come into my life. Help me to trust you and accept that you love me and want a relationship with me. I know I have done wrong things in my life, but I want to live as you want me to. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me so that I can be forgiven and set free. I want to learn more about what it means to be a follower of Christ. Amen. Well, as we bring this service to a close, if you did pray that prayer, then please do speak to me after the service. I'll be delighted to talk to you some more about that. But we're going to stand and sing a closing hymn together that reminds us of the faithfulness of God. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. We stand and sing together. May the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with you and those that you love this day and forever. Amen.